This episode of Limit Break Radio is made possible by our generous Patreon donors, including Justin Stormstrider of Sargentanis, Talison True Strike of Ferry, Miri Kennett of Sargentanis. Thank you so much for your support. If you want to support Limit Break Radio, visit patreon.com slash limitbreakradio. Do you have a bad feeling about your loved one? Does something stink worse than a dick giant's underboob? Looking for someone to uncover all the dirt on someone you thought you could trust? Then hire me, Peter Paisa at Paisa P.I. Paisa P.I. is my own private investigation service that specializes in hiding in bushes and staring into the soul of your would-be loved ones. Don't wait and wonder if your Wonder Man belongs in the Wonder Can. Call me, Peter Paisa at Paisa P.I. Private investigations today for a free consultation. Peter Paisa sees all with my large, all-seeing eyes of justice. So don't wait another second. Pick up that link shell and put your honey to the ultimate test. Paisa P.I. We always get the scoop. I don't get it. And Mika. Oh my god. LimitBreakRadio.com Five, four, three, two, one! Welcome to Limit Break Radio, episode 155. Dude, can you amaze? I, I am, I am constantly amazed that we show up every week. <laughs> well, some of us to keep do. doing the show. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no juxta this week, which means that uh, Get out! I'm on the, I'm on the drops. That, was, that wasn't a very good drop for the do your job. situation. Yeah, I know. He's got he he's been color coding these drops in a way where now I just I don't know okay. what's what. Y- you know what that means? He's been color coding means he's just randomly an- assigning colors to them. That's all that means. I yeah. think he has some kind of system. N- no, <laughs> Nika, stop! Don't, don't give him that much credit. Why would you think that? Today's episode is brought to you by the Church of Latter Day Juxtas and the Position Apostles. Long may he reign in the name of the Juxta, the Position, the Bird, Bird, and the Bang Amen. He didn't even fucking show. Up. Yeah, so we're gonna deny that this show is brought to you by that. Yeah, no. And instead of denying not. the hundred bets that came with it. No, no, we're gonna keep that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's brought to you by the rump cock. That'll work. Thanks for joining us for today. We got a exciting show. Line up your calls. Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715. LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord. Uh, we actually kind of uh, set up this week's topic last week on the show. Uh, we said, you know, if it, it what 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 does Yoshi P have to come out and and announce at FanFest? The following podcast will get your hopes up about a game that will never be as good as Eleven, and will make you want to finally visit your local ER to treat your anal leakage. Listener discretion is advised. Thank you very much for that content warning. 
I feel like I should just I feel like I should just make a habit of like putting that like before the intro. Like I should just make that a part <laughs> of, of the, the show. show. Yeah. That's actually kind of funny. Uh, I'd do that. Anyway, so uh guys, uh we want to know what Yoshi P has to announce. What Final Fantasy 14 has to announce at the next Fan Fest to get you to stay as a customer to Final Fantasy 14 or or even to come back. I mean, literally anyone yeah. who's watching right now should have an answer to this in some way, shape or form. And we want you to call and tell us what it is. That's right. Limit Break Radio on Skype. 810-515-8715. LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord. No juxta again this week means that I'm on my own for running uh, for running the calls. So uh, make me do some actual work. And give the show a call, because we definitely want to hear from you. Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715, LimitBreakRadio.com, slash Discord. Let's uh, kick it on over to our Aorzean Studios. Hi, Lamp! Yay! Oh, good. Yes. Uh, Guys, if you want to join us live in our Aorzean Studios and make sure that this iCam focuses on more than the lamp because we went we went from one shot of the lamp to now more a more dramatic shot of the lamp and now we get the side of I don't even know what that is but, but, need to but be case. in the in the house and do emotes and stuff so the camera knows that people are are here that's right last I, I think last week we looked like uh, like like we were gonna be having a plane land in front of us we had everyone with the uh, glow sticks, glow I hate sticks. those things. Oh I hate them. They're so cool. No, up, stop Mika. it, Mika. Uh, but you can join us in the LBR studio. That's on the Sergeant Tanis server in the Goblet, the Fifth Ward, Plot Number Thirty. Come and hang out. It's not like you can do anything else in this game. Oh. I mean, that's like, like honestly, I'm. Is it news time yet? It's not used. It's no, it's not. <laughs> Honestly, if I'm if I've got my weapon already with barely e- even trying logging on what once, maybe twice a week. Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe twice a week. I think that that's fairly generous. Uh, if I've got it already, then I'm going to hazard a guess that most people who wanted it have got it. And everyone else is pretty underwhelmed by yeah yep. eureka so i don't know what you're doing so you might as well come hang out with us again that's on the sergeant tannis and the goblet and the goblet uh fifth ward plot number 30 um and uh we definitely want to hear from you today limit break radio on skype 810-515-8715 limitbreakradio.com i know we have some slash new discord too yes of course yeah but here's the thing is that you know on our last episode we had talked about yoshi p being open to to the fact that what he's what they've currently been doing with their range of content hasn't been cutting it so i'm really curious to know i mean i've got my own set of expectations Mm -hmm. for the next expansion uh but mine are more of a a list of demands oh really yeah yeah Mm -hmm. but it doesn't matter what we think really we want to hear from you, so uh, make sure to give the uh, the show a call. Kooky is standing by to take your calls, so you don't have to like you know deal directly with me. 
at least not yet. Um, and uh, and and before we get into the news here, uh, just uh, real quick, we are supported by your support over at patreon.com slash limit break radio. Uh, we are currently working on getting uh, to the goal of thirteen hundred dollars a month to be able to bring back. The uh, final encounter cast show as the Let's Be Real podcast. We're currently sitting at twelve fifty. We're just fifty dollars away from from uh, bringing Let's Be the Let's Be Real podcast to life. So, uh, if you listen to Limit Break Radio every week, if this is the way that you stay connected to Final Fantasy fourteen, and let's face it, more and more shows are dropping off the face of the podcast planet then are joining the ranks of being final fantasy 14 podcasters so who who are you who else are you gonna listen to our competition is literally dying off well, hold on well first of literally all, dying not li- well first of all figuratively dying off competition is a strong word our podcasting well, neighbors oh i just meant they sucked oh yeah oops I took our a, I took us out of the ICAM. Our our fellow podcasting buddies. Yes. Sure. Yeah. We'll, our we'll fellow go. FF14 content creators. Yeah, we'll go with that. Sure. Our friends. <laughs> took it off ICAM? I did. How did I don't you know do how, that? I don't know how I did that. I, I think it was I I had set my uh my drink down on the controller somehow. I'm getting it back. Okay, don't worry. I'm right. getting there. Don't worry. Um, I still actually, and I meant to ask you guys this off camera because when I asked on the show, you're like, no, I'm not going to tell you. But I, I still don't know who the most recent podcast to fall was. Oh, you don't? No. Oh, Sequence Break. Who? Sequence Break? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. That Them. That. Appar- apparently, that, they've had to uh, hang up their spurs. Their spurs. Heaven's word was too much, or uh, storm blood was too much for them. I don't even know what expansion we're on. The, yeah, that that's the one. Yeah, yeah. Storm, Is it storm blood? Are you sure? No, unfortunately, I don't remember. Unfortunately, yeah, kind of sad for them. I mean, it sucks because they've been around for a long time. I know that they had a big following, but that's okay. Wow, I I actually genuinely feel like an ass for not knowing who they are. You can you can come this way. You can come hang out with uh, the Limit Break Radio folks because uh, we're not going anywhere. That's right. We're too stubborn to quit. That's right. <laughs> I think that is we're either, literal truth. Yeah, we're either too <laughs> stubborn or too stupid. I don't know which is closer to the truth. A little column like, A, a little column B. That's probably yeah, fair. Okay, all right. Sure, that's probably sure. fair. Uh, all right. So uh, it's it's weird it's weird not having Juxta here to to derail us because right? it's like, like, like that's kind of what you're dude, waiting for, isn't it? Like, you're like, uh, I'm like I'm like we're, we're seven, on topic for we're everyone. 17 minutes into the show and we're like knocking things out left and right. All right, Nika, do make do your best dick joke. What? If we can't have Lord position, we should at least get a trans shield. I, I listen. I don't know what what Ascali is doing. He works now. I think yeah. I think he is working. Yeah, Nika, give us a do, do a dick I joke. Don't, I don't have a dick joke. I guess I'll just listen to you and Ethercast, the newest FF14 podcast out there. I don't know them. I don't know. I, I don't well, know. Well, they're apparently the newest one. Oh well. <laughs> can't be that good if they just started, can they? Anyway. Well, they didn't say they were good. They just said they were the newest. Yeah, that's fair. 
so uh, it, I, again, we are supported by your support over at patreon.com slash limit break radio. Um, head on over there and uh, even just a dollar a month, like even just a dollar a month. Uh, will uh, will help out more than you know. Um, we we had we kind of stopped doing the green room videos because we don't have a video editor to take care of the yeah. footage anymore. Hey, didn't Scalia handle that? Yeah, Scalia did handle that. He did. Yeah. So uh, the green room videos have kind of fallen off. I, I don't know. Well, maybe we can find some kind of other thing to do. Well, we'll 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 go to the drawing board. For yeah, you guys. yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do some brainstorming. But uh, your support is appreciated. Again, that's over at patreon.com slash limit break radio. Also, greatly appreciate all of the uh, support on PayPal and uh, all of the the bits donations that you guys are doing. So um, we we get a lot of. I mean, over the course of the show, uh, you guys really like to interrupt us with the donations. So we 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 kind of like I, I noticed on the last show we we kind of get exasperated every time you the generous assholes. like fucking goddamn it because generally we're in the middle of a thought right well like, specifically what it is for me is it's one thing to have to worry about juxta interrupting you right and then when you finally get him to shut up <laughs> eat it dick. then then a donation comes in and it's like you know we can't yell at them because they're donating to us but you know they just get the better of me Anyway, so we do want to thank you for your generosity, and uh, we do appreciate the donations. We do appreciate the support. Uh, and, uh, yeah, uh, again, we are uh, 100% supported by you. Um, we even uh, right down to the, the, you know, the production of Checkpoint Radio. Um, you guys are helping keep that up and running and, uh, you know, keep that going. So uh, we do want to launch the, the Let's Be Real podcast. So uh, make us do that 50 more dollars will get it done that's over at patreon.com slash limit break radio all right let's check out what's going on in ff14 news this is a limit breaking news update So, the next gear design contest is upon us. Uh, this time, talented artists, and let's be honest, based on the last one, even some not-so-talented artists, uh, will attempt to design gear for both melee and ranged physical DPS. Now, you can find the full contest details and rules over at the Lodestone. Um, as before with contests of this type, the grand prize winners for each category will have their design implemented into the game. Now, they'll also receive a prize pack that contains the Gala Cap, the Noble Chocobo Barding, the Araman Choker, the Mandregora Choker, and a blue be- a Bluebird Earring. You get all of those things upon winning. And then uh, 10 runner-ups from each category will also receive that same aforementioned prize pack. Which means that if you win this contest, you never have to enter to try to win another contest ever again. Because you literally have the same prizes they've been offering since the inception. It, didn't it used to be just like one of them? And now it's like you win a yeah. contest and you get all of them. Yeah. Like why don't they just put in new prizes? Because, Nika, there's, a, there's a, No, 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 no. There's a very specific reason for that. If they put new prizes into the contest, then that's something that they don't get to put into the cash shop. See? He's right. I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. You're not wrong. Um, But I mean, you know, none of their, none of their like, like, you know, physical prizes have ever been, you know, that great. Like, uh, uh, I I mean, by physical, I mean like 
gear prizes. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. They're, they're not. It's not like they would take a whole lot. You wouldn't think they'd take a whole lot of time to design because normally it's 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 earrings. And I feel like I remember back yeah, when, exactly. when I first started playing. You know, you got the bomb earring, the cactar earring. I felt like they were coming off them at a pretty decent rate. But what was the last time that we got like? I can't believe I'm even saying this. A cool earring. Like it's our, been a long time. Right, right. So I, I don't feel like the 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 goal is very high right now. Square Enix, you just have to give something. Yeah, especially because like winning the contest used to be kind of, I mean, exclusive because you'd have you'd be one of the only ones that had the Mandragora Choker or the earring. But now that every single person that wins every single contest has every single reward. I feel like they should start shuffling it in just so that eventually everyone like because the thing is is that if you win this you don't enter more contests because you don't need the gear so eventually no, I mean if they keep doing this forever eventually everyone will have all of them and it's no longer cool now at some point so. they'll probably just put these in the cash shop as well <laughs> they better not do that <laughs> now this uh, this next bit is actually kind of interesting uh, so Yoship is known for doing his little live streams on various servers here and there and it seems for this next one which by the way actually takes place today so if you're listening to the podcast you missed it but for the first time he's actually going to be visiting the North American Data Center accompanied by special guest Rockstar Soken uh, now this is meant to be a preview for their upcoming Eorzean Symphony and as such they'll actually be challenging content that is related to the set list. Uh, the oh, announcement cool. also states that they'll be uh, asking the viewers to suggest names for the orchestra for the Los Angeles show. What could possibly go wrong? That's, that's a direct quote right there, which it sounds to me like Yoshi Ben Sogan might be fans of Checkpoint Radio or Bubsy. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, that's 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 a weird name, like, to, to select. What could possibly go wrong? It's, it's a very specific one, I, I mean, think. I yeah. that's a pretty specific yeah. phrase that we've been using a lot on that yeah. show. Uh, so. Also, keep in mind, I, though, that it does come down to Yoshi P. and Soken having the final here's the uh, thing. vote on what the name is. Here's the thing, is that if Yoshi P. and Soken want to, you know, challenge the most challenging content, they should just come on over to the Fifth Ward, plot number 30 in the Goblet on Sergeant Tannis and answer some questions with Limit Goddamn Break Radio. In fact, you know what? That would be a great name for their Los Angeles concert, Limit Goddamn Break Radio. God damn it, that's right. <laughs> are they coming, like, are they trying to come up with a name for what the concert should be called? Yeah, like, isn't I, it just I, called the Aorzean Symphony? It's already been billed and advertised as that. No, they like, need they need a subtitle under it because everything needs a subtitle. You know, like Final Fantasy fourteen, a realm reborn, a right, radio but, reborn. Well, but wasn't isn't the distant worlds called distant worlds music from Final Fantasy? But this isn't Distant Worlds. This is the Aorzean right, Symphony. Like, right, Aorzean Symphony music from Final Fantasy fourteen. I don't understand why they need another name. Like, I don't. I don't get it. Because. Because they've already given out the <laughs> Mandragora chokers and the blue bird earring, okay? That's why. Okay. Now, we talked last week about the recent patch 4.3 Live Letter, Part 1. The preview site has uh, been updated with just a little bit of stuff and includes two small bits of information uh, in regards to the main story quest and the Swallow's Compass. So I thought we'd, we'd take a look at those since, since uh, you know, none of us uh, speak Japanese and weren't able to get a whole lot from the Live Letter itself. So this is what's going on in the main story quest. Let's see if this excites anybody or gets anyone hyped for, uh, for what's going on here. So the arrival of Imperial envoys in the land of Doma was, an, was as unexpected as their stated purpose, to negotiate peace. Lord Hian, eager to, to, uh, to secure the release of his conscripted countrymen, cautiously accepts the agreement. 
and arranges for prisoner exchange. Yet even as Doma is poised to welcome the breaking dawn, the shadow of the fallen Xenos enfolds all in darkness and uncertainty. I'm just going to say, don't... Wasn't that literally the, s- the summary of what we already did? First of all, I, I, I want to point <laughs> out, uh, so, so Doma was under Imperial rule. We freed them. And now the arrival of Imperial envoys in the land of Doma was unexpected. Did you think they were just going to leave you alone? But also, this happened during our last story quest. He came, we agreed to the agreement to exchange. But like, this was a thing that we already did. So, like, <laughs> this is not really a preview of anything. Well, so, 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 uh, it, it, what about the, the fallen Xenos shadow thing? Is, is, is that unexpected? Is, is that the new thing that we're supposed to be looking forward to? I don't, I don't is think Xenos it was coming back? It was at the end of the credits. After the credits, you saw him. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah we already knew he was coming back. That's so what like skipping everything. none of this is anything important. Yeah, Good job Square Enix. Good job. Failed to hype <laughs> again. Wow. <laughs> okay. Well, and that I guess that doesn't really say a whole lot. Uh, now the next bit of info about the new dungeon, the Swallows <laughs> Compass. Uh, we really the swallows. <laughs> we didn't really talk about this Compass. at all, except for a Nero being upset that nobody made a swallowing reference. <laughs> it's because gay. There you go. I'm getting that extremely was- gay vibe. We need the Escalia. Are all are all the are all the gay ones like the same color? Because if if, if he color coded the gay ones, that'd be super super funny. Kinda, yeah. And all right, believe me, nice. I know all about following. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> so uh, chiseled. This is what it says on on the site. Chiseled into the Great Wall, which cuts across the plains of Yangsha, between two of the Dairu Moon Gates, is the visage of Ganon. Ganon? 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 Ganon. Ganondorf. Shit. The legendary hero. Oh, oh so it's not well. Ganondorf. No, that's Link. Who, who unite? No, Ganon is the hero of Doma. Only oh. your guild will help us build a brothel in Doma. Oh. A brothel? Oh, okay. Okay. Anyway, uh, the legendary hero who, who united Doma. The first king of the new kingdom was not only military genius, but also, and this part I found interesting, the founder of Geomancy. And so after his death, this royal mausoleum became a holy place to which his disciples would make pilgrimage. Alas, following the imperial invasions, it was abandoned and fell into disrepair, yet circumstances now conspire to deliver the warrior of light unto these hallowed halls. But to what end? So the, that sounds kind of cool. The thing that people are spazzing out about this, though, <laughs> is that it says that he is also the founder of Geomancy. Geomancy confirmed. Exactly, which is what they're <laughs> doing. Which how is, did they mention Geomancy in the story? I feel like it's been mentioned somewhere in the game before. Uh, it might it might have been, but I, I not, don't. It must not have been to any prominence. I mean, let's let's just let's go with the presupposition that this is a hint toward Geomancer being in the oh, next that's expansion. Astrologian, Astrologian quest. They talked about Geomancers. That's right. Did they? Okay. Um, but what direction do you see them taking Geomancer if this is supposed to be? a reference or a hint to a future job for FF14 because basing it in the East, I actually think is kind of a cool take on that where it's like a subsect of martial arts. Mm -hmm. I think that might be a cool way to do it. I'm trying to remember exactly what the NPC was like in the astrologian quest. Basically astrology and geomancy were like polar opposites to each other. You needed both of them to like seal the gate, the holes in the gates and stuff like that. You needed them both. And there was a whole like dispute between know which one was better. And then in the end, they realized like, oh, you need both of them to work in harmony. So I'm trying to, I wonder if like they would 
if it would like mesh with astrology and if it would be a DPS. See, I, I, the way that I think I would add uh, Geomancer in it is, first of all, I would probably make it a, a DPS because if they gave us another tank and healer going into the next expansion would be the dumbest idea I've ever seen. But I think the way that, that, that I would look at it and kind of the no, way that's the, what we need. What do you mean? We've only had DPS. We need a tank and a healer. I mean, oh, because we got two DPS. Yeah, right, we got right, two right, DPS yeah. this well, time, and we did not get a tank and a healer. I well, would like to first of all, I, I would like them to give us three jobs again: tank, healer, and DPS. As that as would be nice. Would <laughs> yeah. be normal, but I think I that Geomancer. <laughs> yeah, I think Geomancer would most comfortably fit into a DPS position. And the way that you talked about it, Nate, was like how sort of in the East it exists as more of a martial art sort of thing. I like the idea of the Geomancer filling in a similar role as sort of like a black mage and being our first true physical magic dealer. I know that the red mage can, you know, kind of goes back and forth between long range and, and being physical, but having similar structure or themes as what the black mage does, but instead of channeling aether actually channels, uh, 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 the magic, you know, through them to sort of control the elements. It's an interesting take cool. on it. Yeah, no, that's definitely an interesting take on it. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I think that, you know, with most of the jobs, we've gotten some kind of early preview of it. Like with Ninja, we saw Thancred use a whole bunch of ninja skills. Mm -hmm. uh, you got Yugiri as well, you know. Um, I think, you know, it's not inconceivable to think that we could get a hint at what the next job could be with this dungeon. I mean, I mean, look, personally, that's what I think that dungeons should be used for, right? When, when you put story, when you put lore into them, it should get you excited for something to come and you should find a way to expand upon the overall world and do actual world building with Agreed. it. Once you leave the dungeon, you shouldn't be able to just forget about it and it disappears into blah, 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 whatever. No, I agree. I mean, but it, when was it, the last time they ever did that? Um, uh, Keeper of the Lake? Keeper of the <laughs> Lake. I oh, think it is one more recent than then. Like Snowcloak to an extent, I think. Um, yeah. I think Snowcloak fit into the MSQ better than most dungeons do. Well, Snowcloak, Snowcloak was kind of like our push into um uh, back into uh, the the northern parts, Ishgard or In, whatever. Ishgard, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, but as of right now, is there a whole lot that you remember of Snowcloak? Snowcloak does not stand out to me. Like Keeper of the Lake had a lot of lore. Because of its location, Midgard Sormer, all of that. I'm trying to think if any of them, like, Temtar had hard, had story, but it wasn't really, like, lore to the world. Well, see, actually, I think Keeper of the Lake and Temtar are probably the best two examples. Because you're right, Keeper of the Lake, we got the, the little Midgar Sormer guy who's been following us around now. And Tamtara, technically, that story kind of extended a little bit into what ended up being Deep Dungeon. So they're not the best examples, but I think it's the best uh, uh, use of dungeons to help build the world that Square Enix has done. I mean, Bardem, Bardem's Metal had a little bit of lore with the Arach. Really? I did that one time because I had to, and that's it. Oh, I've done that like a million times leveling jobs. I mean, like, obviously, Doma Castle and Alamigo had lore because they were directly tied to the story. Um, Temple of the Fist had a lot of lore, actually. I mean, look, with, they, they usually the do have some lore in them, but the point is, after you've done them once... Can you just forget about them and just go on with the game and, and not suffer at all? What do you mean? 
I mean, I don't remember anything about the Temple of the Fists or, or, I mean, or any of the dungeons. I because I'm like, super interested in monk stuff. And so that all of it really Okay, yeah, me. maybe then. But again, like, the like, guy if who you didn't is, like, do... The original owners of the freaking relic of the... Like, he has the, he has the tiger puppets, the original relic. If you He's, didn't like, do that monk. dungeon, what are you missing out on? Like you actually, but, but do you feel that? Can you tell by not doing that dungeon? Oh man, I must, I'm definitely missing out on something by not doing that. Um, I would say if other jobs got the same kind of treatment, you would notice. But again, a lot of jobs don't have lore like that, at least not yet explained through dungeons or through story. So, I mean, yes and no, I guess. I don't remember things standing out about it. So it wasn't that special or world building to me. I mean, I think ideally, you know, sort of like uh, what they did with um, with ah, fuck uh, the the Hell's Lid dungeon um, that, you know, led to the uh, Bayako fight. I, yeah, I that think, one had, oh, had a whole other zone at the end. Yeah, exactly. Like I do. Another th- good use of it. Yeah. yeah. Like I think that that's a great use of, you know, especially if you're only going to be adding one or two dungeons per patch that that's a really smart way to do it is make the dungeon a lot more meaningful and a little bit less like eating popcorn. And you know what? I would actually feel less heated about the fact that, you know, we were only getting one dungeon every other update if it felt like it fit into the world in a more meaningful way. You know, you're going to take your time to really turn this into something special and something exciting. Then I'm going to let you get away with that, you know, a little bit more than than what I have previously. We've also got uh, a preview of some of the gear that we can expect out of the Swallows Compass, which I actually wanted to spend a a minute talking about because I actually think that this is damn good looking gear for the first time in a while. I don't like the helmets. The helmet's my favorite part. (laughs) They're like wolf skulls or okay skulls? now now it's some kind of skull uh, Nika, who cares what it, kind of skull it is. is it just a personal preference that you yourself just don't like the aesthetic um uh, yeah probably okay see, i mean i do fine. like that the one in the front has like fiery horns i, I think it also depends and, like, one has a unicorn horn on it so like they're each a little bit different mm-hmm. but for some reason like skull like i just don't like half my face being covered like that it just it's weird looking. I was going to say, it, it actually benefits us when you cover your face. But uh, I think it'll depend oh, <laughs> I think it'll depend on the overall aesthetic of the dungeon, how well it fits in there. But yeah, I think it looks cool, especially considering that it is dungeon gear. Like, as far as dungeon gear goes, for the first time, noticed... No, no, this, this is new gear. This isn't repeat gear. Are we sure it's right? dungeon gear and not, like, the 24 it's, man? It says the Swallow's Compass. It's under oh, okay. the Swallow's Compass heading. It, <laughs> yeah, I, I would be it. shocked okay. if it was... Uh, yeah. Uh, so, I don't know where it the was fact that, that it seems like they've actually straight up designed new gear for us for the Swallows Compass, I think that's cool. Except, fuck you, why don't you do that for Eureka? But, um, no, I, I, I think, you know what? Kind of a little bit excited for Swallows uh, Compass. According now, to Joey2531, that's the gear winner contest from last year. I don't remember that. Oh, shit. You I, know feel like I, I feel like I would have remembered that. I don't remember that. I don't know if you're right about that. Links. The gear contest last time was only for tanks, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, wait, yeah, that's right, because specifically, like, the contest we talked about today is specifically for melee DPS and uh, um, uh, ranged physical DPS. So why would they win the contest and then make it for everybody, question mark? If you can find us uh, confirmation so, on that. Can anyone find the original, like, winning sketch? Yeah, please do. I'd be interested in seeing it, so... 
Um, well, he just says the one in the front at least is so maybe that's and and and, and and you know and there there was actually like claws. there was a uh, a little subtext thing on the contest for the one that we talked about today that mentioned and I forget this is just you know legalese type deal that that obviously the winners uh, that Square Enix has the 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 right and permission to alter it in whatever way they want so maybe they decided well, hey, yeah of course that's... you know they made this gear for us let's save us some time and just make this gear apply to all the jobs womp 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 uh yeah well uh again i'm waiting on uh on any links uh for someone to uh to prove that because i i mean i don't i don't recall but we look at a lot of different fucking designs and trash them so you really do yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh anyway so uh limit break radio on skype 810-515-8715 limitbreakradio.com slash discord if you want to call in today uh we've got uh we've got an interesting topic to talk about what does Square Enix need to announce at the next Fan Fest to keep you as a customer? Uh, we kind of, uh, you know, around the release of Stormblood, we had put Square Enix a little bit on notice and said, listen, you've got a year. You've got a year to get this together because, you know, the theme's not doing it for me. The content that you've laid out so far isn't doing it for me. And, you know, to their credit, They've had some improvements. I don't know that I would call it improvements. They've 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 had some uh, decent attempts. They've <laughs> they they haven't given me reason to go fuck this outright. A for effort type deal. Yeah, like like they. I I think they're at least aware of some of this problem, right? This is this That's is the winning sketch. That didn't look like what I was seeing on on screen there. Yeah, no, this doesn't look at all like No, this 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 one that they just linked, the one with like the fiery horn. Let me see here. Um, the, the newer one. Uh that, that looks a little bit closer. It looks a little bit like it. Yeah, I mean I, not but not totally. It's not totally it. I mean, I they see, probably altered it. But. Ghost Antlers is the one that I think they're talking about and I I don't I I don't see it. It's not the same thing. I mean, I I see the chest piece is a little bit similar. The the helmet is similar-ish. But like the helmet in the winning one is really long and it's ghost horns rather than fire ifrit horns. Yeah. And like I don't think that the one in the game is like assless chaps like Listen, this one Square, is. Square Enix is stealing your designs uh, for the toe, armor. The toes are right the same though. Look at the toes. You know, the, the, there probably is some little subtext somewhere that says even if you don't win, you know, we we have the I'm right just to saying, use I'm these just, as we listen, wish. Listen, you know, like there's there's this very real idea like don't do work for free. Right, they're outsourcing to you guys in the form of contests. Enjoy your bluebird yeah, earring. Enjoy your bluebird earring. Exactly. <laughs> like, what? The, how are you actually being paid off to do all this work? That's a lot of design work that Square Enix can just take and go. Ah, we're gonna just toss this into yep dungeon yep. now, and, and <laughs> half the players of this game just eat that shit up. Yeah, that image that they just linked of Yoshi-P holding it up. If you put that side by side, it. It definitely looks like the same gear. They just take their own liberties. Like yeah. the top is similarly shaped. They have that like weird cape thing in the back. They took textures that are already built, so they didn't have to build. Yeah. How lazy yeah. is this fucking <laughs> development team? Seriously, like, dude, you're being you're being paid off in like a dozen digital items that like nobody cares about. 
and that you probably already have. Let's be honest. You probably already have those Bluebird earrings. How long do you think the, this person spent working on that design? Something like this. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven total drawings in there. There's a couple of variants up front of what, you know, a a caster version of it would look like or red mage version of it would look like. And then you've got four different angles on the thing. Probably quite long. I know know that I would take me probably a good month or so to come up with something that good. Enjoy your fucking bluebird earring. Are they going to give you a job? Like what? Do you do you no, get they to just put, put they just put your gear in the game? That's the reward. Do you get to put that on your fucking resume? No, I um, bet you don't. You know, I would say if you were applying for an art job or a design job, I think you could put it in your resume. Yeah, you, you could probably gear you could, you, that the creators of the game decided to implement. Here's the thing. I if, think you could do that if if you won the grand prize, because then you could say, look, they actually announced me as the winner. But if they're taking all the other entries to draw inspiration off of, they're not going to give you credit for that. They're not going to say, oh, and, insp- and, and credit goes to blah, 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 blah from one of our previous contests. Argent Esper says the actual reward is your design being in the yep. game. Yep. <sighs> That, that's it. Because if you look Ugh. at the last the contest they just announced, two winners get their design in the game plus the prize pack. Ten runner ups get the prize pack, but without your gear in the game. Yeah, so just, yeah, literally, the prize is getting your gear in the game. That's kind of. I, don't know. I mean, it's kind of cool. If I designed something and then I could wear it on my character, I'd be really excited. I, I mean, if, if, Squ- if, if Square Enix was making a big deal of it every time they put it yes, in, yes, you know what I mean. Like if they were really spotlighting, this was designed by, our, you know, like if. We, uh, if we weren't talking about it on the air, I probably wouldn't have put it together that this is, that this was potentially one of the, a the design job. win. No, well, that is very true. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if Square Enix was highlighting it a lot more, I think that would be way different. But it's like it's sort of like they're putting it in on the sly, and I kind of do feel like you know. Man, Square Enix, like, do you have to be that lazy? You know, they 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 wouldn't be the first. Jesus. I just I just read a story about uh, Coldstone did a uh, some some ad campaign where they straight up like like traced and copied some uh, some um, web comics like design and whatnot. He called them out on Twitter and was like, "Look, I'm not going to take you to court, but you should at least like you know uh, uh, name some charity, donate to them." And they did. They donated ten thousand dollars, which is pretty much wow. like an admission without it going you know much further than that. But yeah. I'm just saying, have a higher bar than just you know a dozen digital items, and uh, they're going to put it in the game. I mean, is that is that even a no, big that deal? Situation is different though because i'm pretty sure if you submit it to them it becomes their property yeah like, no it, it probably it. does yeah. yeah yeah no uh yep 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 anyway getting back to uh what we're talking about today we want to know from you guys what you want to hear from square enix at the next fan fest to signal that the next expansion for ff14 is going to be worth sticking around for give us a call limit break radio on skype 810-515-8715 limitbreakradio.com kala what do you need to hear from square enix oh um all right see see i don't know if i can just judge mine based on what ends up coming out of um out of fan fest obviously you know that's sort of where you get your sort of early indicators from but i probably will actually wait for the expansion proper to drop um because the the two big things on my list the first is it cannot again for the third expansion in a row seem like to me that we are getting less content or less developed stuff from them 
zero dungeons and then one dungeon every other patch. I, I mean, look, look <laughs> every, it, 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 it sounds ridiculous. Losing a dungeon. It, so, it sounds ridiculous when I say it. And when you actually think about it, like, okay, so what, one dungeon per patch? Like, it, it seems like, why would they sink that low? There's no way that they would turn to that. And, and look, I'm even going to point out that right, that, that right now, going into patch 4.3 directly after Eureka, for the first time in a long time, it does actually seem like we are getting quite a bit of content compared to to what we did but there 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 there's a saying that uh perception is reality right so if even if you have all types of awesome shit planned and your update's going to be super huge if at the onset of an expansion i walk away going is that it like like nothing else is coming out especially when you look at the way that stormblood's launch was it launched with the msq and mm, there was the MSQ, wasn't there? Well, I mean, that's what they do to give people time to level jobs in or- before the normal mode and then savage mode comes out. Okay, but then how... But Remember the next thing we got after after uh, Stormblood dropped? It was PvP. We had a PvP thing that was supposed to be our big content for a long period of time. So all I'm saying is that at FanFest, it cannot seem like we are getting less than what we've already been treated to. And I, I, don't, I don't think that that's a very unfair uh uh ask and 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 also by the way yoshi please don't come out and say anything about how big your budget is just just save yourself the headache and don't talk about the budget at all oh they really did themselves a disservice by talking about that they have a higher budget it was just it was just a single comment that has haunted them to this day but it has to seem like we're getting more content it has to seem like you're putting in or at least you have plans to put in more effort than you have this expansion the other thing is, this is the one that I that I, I can't actually tell until it actually comes out. But you need to fix your MSQ problem. I haven't given a shit about anything in this expansion whatsoever. And if you try and compare it to uh, a Realm Reborn or even the hell, even Heaven's Ward, I feel like the story and the characters pale in comparison. My favorite quote from Yoshi P since FF14 launched under under his uh, 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 leadership is how he talked about how he wanted to return to the roots of Final Fantasy, this darker sort of storytelling, right? I want to see that again. That That's what I'm going to need to keep we me invested. We have 2.55 I'm aware. the characters, quote-unquote, died. I'm well aware. I'm well aware. And here's the thing. I'm actually at the point now, and this is the reason why I, I, I can't recall any of the characters or the endings of the MSQ, is that I was getting so bored watching the cutscenes that I started skipping through them. Like, I'm at the point where I'm skipping through the MSQ just so that I can see some of the content that's in it. And that's a fucking problem to someone who is spending, like, a half an hour reading through the fucking codex and lore entries in God of War because they're so fucking good. That's, I mean, that's that's a pretty good point. Um, you know, I, I found, it was weird. I found myself sucked into an Elder Scrolls hole. Like, I, I was playing ESO for, like, Five hours last night. What now, sucked I, you in exactly? What? I, I just, I, 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 I don't know. Like, I was like, why do I even have this installed? And uh, I, I think it was Ryoku had bought the, uh, the, the uh, one of the newer expansions. Wasn't the the Morrowind expansion? It might have been. One? Yeah, I think it was. Uh, anyway, he had got it for me, and I was like, well, I might as well just like plug some hours into it. And I mean, I, I, you know, granted, I'm only like level 11 or 12 in that, but it, it feels both like an Elder Scrolls game and an MMO. 
And it's shocking to me how Final Fantasy XIV feels neither like a Final Fantasy game nor really like an MMO, <laughs> which is quite a contrast to what I, I experienced on ESO. Granted, it's, you know, the, the exposure time is way different. I've been playing far more FF14 than I ever did yeah, ESO. I think if you were fresh into 14 today, you would it would feel like both. It's well, possible. Yeah, because you don't know any better. It's possible, but it but FF14 still takes you on a very guided journey. It's very on oh, yeah. rails, even for the first 50 levels. <laughs> and, and I don't necessarily feel like like that's necessarily true of ESO. So, you know, like I, I do think that there's, you know, there's there's a sharp contrast to be drawn. Um, and and in a game like FF14, there relies so heavily on its narrative structure and on its narrative strength. I do think, Kahlo, you bring up a really good point that they can't slack on the story. And I think one of the really disservices that they did here was kind of splitting the story into two between Doma and and Alamigo. Yeah. Although, having just said that, I do think at least, uh, you, you know, you, you talked a little bit earlier how, how some of the efforts they've been making, you can at least applaud them a little bit for that, right? Sure. And and looking at it just now, I, I think that maybe what their effort might have been is, is if we look back at, at uh, Heaven's War, one of our big complaints about the MSQ is that every single time it was focusing on a different aspect or a different storyline thread that we had dropped way back when and it all just seemed so disjointed looking at Stormblood in that light they are trying to stick just to two separate ones but you're right I don't I don't think that that's enough because it still has this this sense of disjointedness to it and and World of Warcraft Battle for Azeroth coming August 14th (laughs) Please look forward to it. I am. I am. Um, and, and I think that that l- judging uh, from from just their 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 pedigree, the Square Enix and Final Fantasy pedigree, they should be able to weave two storylines, even if they are continents away, into each other in something that's way more satisfying. Hopefully. Instead, they do feel really separate. Like I feel like they're both yeah. should be in a similar position, right? They're both liberated. They're both reestablishing themselves, and yet we focus on one at a time. And exactly. Like, yeah. While we're in Doma, Alamigo is in no less need for help than Doma was. I feel like it's actually in need of more help because I, I it has less leaders than Doma had. And I mean, I kind of feel like we're just leaving Alamigo for the wolves right now. And I just don't think that re- in in a real life situation, like the diplomacy and the politics would be working this way. So it's it's kind of throwing me off that Alamigo's just like, yeah, we'll just do our thing over here while you do your thing over there. No, I and I and I I would have thought that by the end of the you know, the Stormblood expansion, you know, the the 4.0 the original MSQ expansion yeah, story, yeah. That they would have found a way to sort of conjoin the two conflicts into one and so you wouldn't feel like you were pulled between the two different areas and it would be one kind of cohesive storyline. They haven't yes. done that at all. And it's like it I feel like they've not even really made made any steps more towards that. So it's like okay, so 
maybe that'll happen at the end of the 4.0, like at 4.5 or 4.55. Is that what we're building to? A giant orgy. Listen, I I just don't think that that's that's a great plot point to be building towards. It it depends what they do with Xenos at this point. I feel like originally when I was going into Stormblood, I assumed, and once they announced Doma, that it would be two separate conflicts that we would not liberate either of them until 4.5. Yeah, but that that ship sailed, Nika. We have. I know, I know, but I just feel like I'm I'm just trying to figure out what their frame of mind is because once we liberated both of them in the original MSQ before we got any extra patches, now it just kind of feels like everything is trolling and lagging and slowly moving. Whereas instead we could have been in heated conflict and battle this entire time. But instead we're like, no, here's a little bit of politics here and a little bit of politics there and a peace (sighs) treaty here. And like, it just doesn't, it doesn't feel like, there's much urgency anymore, which yeah. I think at the beginning of Stormblood I did feel, but I didn't realize we would be ending all of that by the end of the original MSQ. And so, I mean, and that part of my original issue with with uh, Heavensward as well is that once we got to 3.3, we had killed Nidhogg and we were on to different things, which was also kind of weird. Um, so, and a lot of people are saying this is going to be similar and that with 4.3, we're going to end Doma and then move back to Alamigo. And I was like, that still doesn't feel right to me. I don't know. It, it, none of it is hanging together very well. And I, I, I realize we're right kind of smack dab in the center of it. But, you know, when when your core audience is going, yeah, I don't know that this is I don't see where the threads are connecting. That's not that's not necessarily a good thing. And, uh, you know, and I've talked about this in the past. Part of, you know, what MMO storytelling you know one of the one of the big challenges there is that you've got you know at you know an entire quarter's worth of time uh you know three months or more between story injections and it's it's almost impossible for anyone to kind of keep up with with what the fuck is going on um and and so i do think that it has a way if you're trying to tell a, a bit more of a complex or nuanced storyline it, it ends up feeling to the player that a big ch- a big section in the middle is just faffing about you know what i mean like it's uh, that's where i feel we are right now and i'm hoping that maybe with future patches that it will you know, we'll look back on on what's going on right now and go, oh, that makes a little bit more sense. <laughs> but I, re- I remember thinking that about the Dragon Song War as well, and we never got that kind of payoff. Or 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 the Syndicate, they're totally going to come in and pay off soon, guys. Oh my God! Or the Warriors of Darkness. The, yeah, Warriors of Darkness. Yeah, like, I'm still really upset about that whole storyline. Like we get to see, you know, Menfile comes back as the goddess's envoy or whatever, and like sets up this entire plot about other worlds and the darkness. And I feel like we should be helping with that overall yeah. plot because bad things are happening on other universes that we are now aware of as the source world. You want to know what's going like to happen, Nika? We should be doing something, but instead we're like, eh, here's what's going to happen. Do it. Come, oh, come next expansion when we're supposed to be invading Garlemald, when we're at the point where we're finally going to come head to head with them and what everyone has been waiting for since Final Fantasy XIV started, Since suddenly <laughs> we are going to be pulled into that conflict and we're going to look at Garlemald and be like, oh, we're going to have to team up now, bros. We're allies. And they're going to deny you and cock block you of what you've been waiting for for five expansions to see. 
What is and it's still gonna suck. What wait, what are we waiting for exactly? The coming to you know, like the final battle with Garlemald, like actually taking the fight to them. Yeah. Is that is that how you think the greater overall FF fourteen arc is gonna end? Um, I don't think that that we are going to defeat Garlemald and whatever expansion it happens in. Yeah, I think that a bigger threat is going to end up emerging in some way. And we have to combine forces like Dragon Ball Z. Yep. Yep. We're actually going to have a big grand like you don't because the next expansion he had hinted, you know, way back when that we would probably be going to Garlemald. Yeah, going to Garlemald. Yeah, that doesn't mean that go we're going to be fighting that's them. That's true, yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to be conflicting with them. I mean, I, but after all of this, with that, like we are currently in a conflict with them. Oh, in everything, fact, everything we're doing. Mm-hmm. So you think... In fact, have they not already hinted at the idea that not all Garlands think the same way and some well, of them aren't of evil? People are their own individuals. Exactly. So they've, they're, they're all... And, and how many times have we worked with them? Every single person we've come right. up against in some way we've kind but of... Like, Nero doesn't work with them anymore. He's like his own weirdo. Like, okay, what about Hydrus? What any... about Hydrus? If you look at anyone... Who's oh, yeah, in any ignore that because, power, that because that supports my point. Uh-huh. Which character was Hydrus? I can't remember who that was. Uh, the uh, warring uh, triad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah who yeah. sacrificed uh, himself to save us? He, but he, to be fair, though, he only helped mm-hmm. us because it also mm-hmm. helped mm-hmm. his own thing. Who he was also going against the higher ups in doing what he was. That doing is exactly my point. They've already so, set up all of this subplot for when we go to Garlemald and we're about to strike the final blow that we actually end up teaming up with some mm-hmm. rebel version of them, overthrow the emperor, defeat him, and then now we're all cool with Garlemald okay, and now no, let's but, go fight the big convergence. But overthrowing the emperor still, to me, constitutes a defeat of Garlemald. Whether or not we work with the rebel force of Garlands or not, overthrowing the Garlean emperor means we overthrow Garland. If, if that's going to be satisfactory for you, okay, cool. I mean, it depends on how they play it out. Because, because, if, because if then it'll did- basically be uh, expansion five of exactly what we did in Doma and in Alamigo. Mm, Joining similar. up with the rebel forces. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I know. Mean, it, it's hard to say. Like anyone in any form of power we've ever forced in Garland Mall that is still like aligned with the military is definitely on the same page. Um, I don't think that like the people higher ups are just going to be like, oh, I'll work with you. Like we're going to have to defeat a lot of King, King of Raven says in the chat overthrow isn't enough. Burn all of them. I mean, that would be kind of awesome. But I mean, we know like we have right? Lucia, right? Who works with Americ. Like she's cool. Like you can't just burn all of them burn them all <laughs> and, and sid do you want to burn, burn them all burn I mean, sid? Th- that would that would be a really interesting plot point where <laughs> we can't lose sid He's you see there. the the heavy persecution of of former garlemald natives in fact, no, you, you want to know what would really would, bring me back I, into I the I would fold be very interested to see that. Is, is we get to that point where, okay, we've defeated Garlemald. We don't have to burn them all, but because of the people that we've put into power in Doma and in Alamigo, they have the final say. And you know what they decide? Nah, fuck it. Burn them all. And it actually sets up the, the, the government that we've now helped to instill as the new tyrants. I mean, so you're mm. telling me Lise and Hien are going to say burn them all. Well, not first of saying. all, they might not actually remain where they are come that True, time. True, but I mean, Hien's pretty established. Lise, maybe not, but I feel like that's not, not just that, not just them, but the into uh, uh, you know, uh, fucking what's his name? The the midget guy down in uh, Old Da. The get syndicate. all of the oh, yeah, get all of the old. Eorzean states involved in the decision 
and it's a hard decision, but they make the wrong decision mm-hmm. and end up becoming the new tyrants. I think that's a really interesting. That would they're never going to do something like no, that. They no, wouldn't. they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. <laughs> We're just telling them how to save their game. Yeah, I know. Uh, let's go to our phone lines. And uh, by the way, you can give us a call. And let us know what you think Square Enix needs to do. Uh, you know, come out and announce for the next expansion to be able to keep you as a customer. Limit Break Radio on Skype. 810-515-8715 LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord. Can't seem to get it out. Let's go to our phone lines and talk to Cloudus Loudus of Hyperion. What's going on, Cloudus? Cloudus. Hey, hey there we are. Yeah, now we can hear right, you. Sorry about that. Hey, guys. Uh, long-time listener of the show. Huge fan. Oh, Love thank you. you. Appreciate You're it. welcome. Thanks for calling Limit Break Radio. Why'd you say that seductively, Nika? I didn't. That <laughs> you were like, welcome. No, that was <laughs> loudest. Oh, welcome. It's like I an felt excited, it, Mika. Like, I felt okay. it. See? Yeah. All right. Fine. Fine. <laughs> I'm just teasing. So um, the biggest thing I think I would love to see them announce is no level cap raise. Um, and I really? say that just because I think it would be really cool if they introduced something like, I don't want to sound like a fanboy, but like something akin to a merit system where I had some choice in where I was going to take my character. Not in a, like a you know in a fake way where you have a skill tree, <laughs> but but in a way where I can actually put points into like I don't know in eleven it did have a cool system where you could put into different stats and not necessarily go one to one to one but you know choose hey I want to first I want to invest into my getting my, all my actions and then for, then I want to invest in you know upping my auto attack damage or whatever like that. I, I mean, I think it would be interesting, uh, although I have they to... They might explore that when we get to, like, level 100. I, 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 don't, I maybe, don't see them doing something like that. Maybe. I, I think it would be a nice nod to, you know, FF11 to do it at 75, but I don't think we're going to see it. No, uh, um, World of Warcraft has already set the precedent. I mean, they pretty much set the precedent for MMOs just in general right now, and I think at this point, especially given that uh, Square Enix, uh, even taking into account Eureka has showed an unwillingness to deviate too much from their plug-and-play sort of development that uh, they're, they're going to keep giving us... I mean, also, keep in mind, Yoshi has stated that leveling jobs is quality content. So <laughs> That's it, right. It, it, so not only that, but it's, it, it's, it's a way to keep people playing because not only do people level multiple jobs, like, you have to level your main job or you can't do anything. So, right. Like, you're, it's going to be enough content to keep you playing for a span of time that there's no way, at least until we're at level 100, that they would explore not raising the level cut. Uh, I, I, I and mean, I still raise the eye level, so there's no. Yeah, no, I, I think you've got a good point there, Nika. Um, although I do think it would be interesting to have this game suddenly switch from vertical progression to horizontal progression. I don't think it would go over very well with kind of like your non-veteran community members. I don't see, you know, anyone picking up that uh, this game for that reason. So I think that there are some definite barriers to entry that Square Enix would look at and go, yeah, that's probably not the best decision. But am I crazy or didn't were merits just basically like a skill tree without having the actual tree and icons? I mean, it basically served all of the same functions that a skill tree would. Um, 
but I, I, I mean, a lot you of those have to decide which things you did first. Like there were the basic stats you had to decide, like I'm thinking from a samurai's perspective, like you had to outside, go, yeah, do I want strength, do I want whatever. Stats, right, yeah. And then under samurai well, itself, there was like, process. there was like 10 abilities and you could only max out. Like you can get each of them at a low level or you can choose to max out just a couple of them. So there was a little bit of choice there. I mean, it just it just seems like, you know, Square Enix didn't have the ability to be able to program graphically a ability tree into FF11. So it was a little bit more text commandy, but it was essentially the same thing. Like functionally, it would be the same thing. So I think that, yeah, if if it was, you know, brought into FF14, that in a way that it would be a skill tree or, you know, it would be basically as functionally close to a skill tree as you could get. But don't you guys think it'd be interesting if when they did that, like say say they in a fake world where I know they're not going to do this, obviously, but since we're going to Garlemald and it's kind of the big baddies of the expansion besides the or the game besides the Asians, that every zone was level 70 and above. And it kind of brought danger back to the world. And that's why I said, like, maybe merits just to give you some sort of points while you're doing the story, because obviously there's going to be a whole lot of story for no experience or no whatever. There has to be something to kind of progress your character. But I'm just so sick of leveling my character, going through the same old, same old, and then going to never using those zones again. Like, I just think it'd be so cool if everywhere in Garlemald was friggin' dangerous. Like, I couldn't go anywhere without, like, either going with either a few friends or even just mounting up and flying over it because I'd die. No, I actually think that that's a really good point. And, and that's something that we've seen with Eureka that people have really welcomed. The fact that, you know, you've got to dodge aggro, that some of the zones do feel inherently unsafe. And yeah, while we've got the NM train going right now with all 144 people in the zone, it doesn't feel that unsafe. But I think think at some point the you know like the, there's there's a way to kind of to kind of shake that whole thing out and i think that you're right like i i, I think in order to do that what you, what square enix needs to do is get away from the idea move away from the notion that the zones are going to be structured progressively so that someone looking to level can just do fates in those zones and that's all they really need to do i think that you know if you set up a says i mean square enix has got enough ways for you to earn xp outside of funneling you into fates in a zone that they could probably just do away with the idea altogether and i like the idea of let's assume that we're moving into garlemald for the 5.0 expansion that every zone added in 5.0 starts at the highest level that you can possibly get right so if they raise our levels to 70 that the lowest level zone in there has mobs starting at 70 that would be oh that's scary that would be incredibly interesting well uh valinor points out you know what what wow recently did and that's to whichever zone you go into your level synced to that zone so even if you do introduce more levels more zones whenever you go back to a zone you are constantly still in danger because now you're being taken back down to those mobs levels for some reason i I don't know that an idea like that would work why I kind of like it. I kind of hate it. 
I don't, like, I don't I'm know just thinking that, about going in and doing daily hunts or the big hunts like they wouldn't die in five seconds if you went back to the lower level ones and had to do them at your level true if same thing with like i mean fates already have the level sync true so, but at the same time though if you were leveling in eureka and everything aggroed you at level 20 the same way that it levels you or the aggros you at level one well, you know what i mean like i, I think eureka is different it's a different system i think and it's but just we're talking about the overworld once, you know what once I mean? you get mounts all of it ends up becoming moot anyway because you just run past them kind of yeah fly over them that too i mean yeah. look, this this system worked very very well for the legion expansion i haven't had a chance to, to play since they've applied it to the overworld overall but it, it does avoid the inevitability that square Enix is going to run into and that is that once you do get to either the max level or once you get access to mounting or flying it all becomes null anyway I mean, clearly something has to be done oh, absolutely. to make the overworld valuable. Interesting. A- valuable. Inter- I know I like valuable that. Valuable or interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, you know, uh, in every other MMO that I've played, there is a bevy of shit to do in the overworld. The overworld feels like a vibrant living world, whether you're there or not. But in FF14, it sort of feels... it. it and I think Guild Wars was the very first game to give me this feeling that if my character is not in that zone or looking at that thing, that it just freezes in time. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a living uh, world that keeps moving if I'm not there, where shit keeps happening if I'm not there, that if I'm not looking at it, if my character is not viewing it, that it's frozen in time. It exists in this time bubble until... The point where either you progress the storyline enough to make that time bubble move forward or you know what I mean? Like it just everything feels and it, and it has a way of feeling very um, when you play through it, uh, very um, cold and uh, um, clinical is is the best way that i can describe the world of ff14 it doesn't feel alive it doesn't feel like it, it it's a living world that continues existing even when you're not in it does that so make sense it does it, it does i i mean that's kind of why like i'm going to call back to 11 again but you know 11 had each different like city state could put claim to zones based on how much you were doing in that zone. Right. So it's still like, you know, it was very rare that like Ron Fair would fall to like Bastok, but when it did, oh boy, you got less shit, you got less points, your signet didn't work. Like, you know, things would change. It would felt like things were happening when you weren't there. Same thing with like, I mentioned this on a previous episode with the astral candescence when it wasn't in El Zabi or Ottergon, you felt it and you needed to go fucking get it back or otherwise you couldn't teleport or you couldn't, you know, I just feel like, knowing that the beastmen are out there doing something or the bad guys doing something and that other adventurers are doing something like it at least feels like the world is moving. And I, I just feel like this has a lot to do with the only overworld content being fates and hunts. I, I you know agree. How they I agree. Could get around that too, or, or, or at least I think a, a step in the right direction, because I, I really like the word that you used a Nero that the overworld needs to be valuable, not just interesting because an interesting thing you can just leave there and it continues to be interesting, whatever, but valuable means that there's actually some worth in going out and either exploring 
or doing something, right? Yeah. And I think what they need to do is take a look at the game. What is it that you're always trying to get people to do? And, and, and right now, really, I think the biggest thing that they're constantly pointing to and, and they want people to accomplish is the idea of getting tomes to get better gear, right? Yeah. And maybe if they found a way to where, uh, if they brought in some type of system similar to how there was zone control back in FF11 or, or just some reason to go and do things in a zone in order to control it or to gain influence over it. And if, uh, uh, j- just because it's easier to to sort of uh, uh, make this analogy, um, you know, you divided people up by by the city state. So if um, if uh, uh, Uldah controlled X amount of whatever, then if you're an Uldan, you get 10% more tomes when you complete something that has to do with tomes. I think that would be a pretty big incentive for, for people to make sure that they have control. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that that may not be bad. Uh, Cloudus, do you do you agree with the assessment that, you know, the overworld in FF14 feels more clinical and, uh, you know, less uh, an integral part of of a living world? Totally. I mean, I just think back and again, like I'm always going to be referencing it because it's an easy comparison. But like I think back to 11 where there were so many areas where you just there was so much history and that you cared about being there in 14. I feel like the zones are beautiful. Right. And I go through them once and I never go back to them. Right. And it, it's kind of like, why is it? Why is it even there at that point? And I feel like they waste so much time building these beautiful zones that nobody ever goes in. Like like you guys were saying, like, um, that system where we have all the city states kind of coming together and having some conflict for maybe some incentives like bonus tomes. Just think about like, say we take over Garlemald, how cool would that be if all the city states kind of fought over that territory, right? And they're that's how they kind of loop in all that stuff with like a campaign like system where Garlean's trying to strike back. Like I just think it would be so sick to actually use the massive world so we could have a MMO rather than you know, just instance. I, I mean, that always has been a core function of an MMO. Most MMOs have some kind of territorial control system, you know, a king of the hill sort of thing where, you know, uh, you can lay claim to a, a area or there's a an area that is contested. Right. Like that's been a part of every MMO that I've played going back to when I started playing EverQuest, I think. And and it feels weird to not be a part of FF14. Uh, it, it, you know, it feels like the 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 map lines are drawn exactly where they are. And and yeah, like I I agree I agree with all of this stuff that there's ways to motivate the players to to interact with that. And there needs to feel like there's something just bigger than what you as your character are doing you know what it is is that ff14 doesn't treat the player or doesn't treat other players as a resource that's true that's essentially what it comes what it that comes is down true, to yeah i mean obviously the, the only thing that you need them I think for part of it i think part of it is that the game has it, it really like has challenges in the way that it, it, it feels it can present other players in a narrative capacity. How do you explain this? The seven other players in your party when you've been charged by Sid with go having, gather your friends. You know well, what I mean? Well, like, the, and they I mean, have, yeah, like, that's when you pretty go and much fight it. Alphanod actually says, "I'm sure you have a bunch of adventurer friends." Oh yeah, they do that all the time. They do, but they do that kind of hand wavy thing all yeah, the time yeah. by going, "Yeah, good." your friends but like they can't actually in a genuine way like work them into well, a narrative see here's the arc. problem when it comes to the main storyline 
That's fine. I, I feel like 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 wanting the player to feel like they're the star in the main story. That's fine. I mean, people in the chat here are saying, you know, it's an MMO that focuses on the single player experience for the MSQ. That's fine. But it's still an MMO. An MMO shouldn't focus on the single player experience in every aspect because then how is it even a fucking MMO at that point? Argent is uh, is hitting the nail on the head. This game really feels like a single player experience where I'm forced to play with other people. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Why do you want an MMO to feel like that? Uh, I don't think you do. You yeah. want the MMO. You want the world to feel bigger than you. Yes, I'm fine with the main story feeling like a Final Fantasy or feeling like a game. Right? That's fine. But right. once you once you're done with that, everything else, the dungeons, the raids, Eureka, all the other content, everything else should feel like an MMO, not just like, hey, I need you guys here so that I can make my way through this content, but we should be playing this together. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's true, because even the dungeons are still like, you are the one going through the dungeon with a couple of your friends. Like, yeah. it's not like, they're not necessary, even though they force you to use them. In terms of the dungeon and its narrative, you're they're not necessary. Cloudus, thanks for the call. We appreciate hearing from you on Limit Break Radio. No problem, guys. Thanks. Give us a call, Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715, LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord. What does Yoshi P need to come out and announce to keep you as a customer? What do you need the 5.0 expansion to include to keep your interest as a MMO fan, as a paying subscriber to this game, or maybe that's one of the things that would get you to come back. Maybe dropping the subscription price yeah. mm-hmm. is one of those big things that would get you to log in once a week, twice a week, and you wouldn't think twice about it. I understand, man. I definitely understand those people who are like, listen, if this game can't give me a reason to log in four or more times a week, then I don't think it's worth my $12. Fair. fair. 100% fair. For me, I think, and I've been saying this since the the run-up to 4.0, I need a strong indication from this development team that the next series of patch updates are going to focus not on player acquisition but on player retention which means focusing your content on your veteran players and by that i'm i'm saying they need to have a variety of different things different pieces of content that are laid out right from the beginning if because remember at the last fan fest the only different piece of content that we knew that we were going to be getting was eureka which we didn't get till halfway through exactly and all we got the only thing that we got at FanFest was just the title card of Forbidden Land of Eureka and they were like yeah NMs are coming back woo clap 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 <laughs> and I feel like I remember them saying something about how it was going to be like FF6 <laughs> in relation to Eureka like, I don't I, feel like, I don't recall that at all I, I feel like they were saying it's going to be something like their sky something kind of world and I just I remember them billing this as a throwback to not FF11 but other Final Fantasies and that's but that's not what we got either. The thing is is that I need more than just one single event outlined at FanFest where this expansion is going to be you know taking us. Like I want them to say, "Listen, 
We we appreciate you guys that have stuck with this game for so long. We want to reward you by taking you to a place that has a lot of really interesting shit to do. Now, I mean, remember, do you guys remember in Treasures of Odd Ergon when we were like, oh, shit, we there's assaults to do. Oh, shit, there's there's salvage on top. Nizuile. Nizuile. Oh, oh, my God. ZNMs, what the fuck are you doing to a Square Enix? This is way too much. Especially like, because, like, on launch, they didn't have all of that, but literally each right. patch after that added another piece of content. That exactly. Added on. That's, yes. see, that's the whole point. That kind of goes to what to what I had mentioned. Like, when, all right, when we go to, to FanFest, obviously they're going to, like, you know, preview some dungeons, the MSQ, uh, uh, the raids that are going to be coming, right? We need to be getting or at least they need to show us that we're getting more than what we've already had. I expect that they should preview some sort of Eureka sequel or counterpart. They, they should preview some type of dungeon or, or, or deep dungeon. And then we should also get something new. Every expansion should build on this game. Yes. And, and I think that there's some game types that can be left alone. We don't need a new PvP. No, you don't need to keep doing that. We don't need to go back to the drawing board on PvP. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we don't need a Lords of Verminion equivalent or a Triple Triad equivalent. We do need Blitzball. No. No, stop. (laughs) We We do not. Look, if if you want to keep adding Triple Triad cards... That's fine. Yeah. Keep adding minions. That's fine. fine. That that's actually see, that's building onto, right? Right. But you don't need to keep trying out all the every time someone comes into your office and pitches you an idea, you don't have to say yes every single fucking time. But uh, most of the content that needs to be added, I think needs to be battle content. So, you know, I, I, I'm hoping that they've kept a couple of really good event ideas in their back pocket for what they can put into 5.0 because that's my expectation. Yeah, no, I agree. And and and, and with their plug and play development the way that, that that they're going about it, it shouldn't be hard to continue the stuff that we like, right? Deep dungeon uh, I mean, obviously we have to wait and see heaven on high, right? But look, you're looking at palette swaps and putting in a few extra objectives or whatnot, right? I mean, it, yeah, in theory, yeah. In theory. But remember, this is also the company that says it takes an entire year in order to get crossover events ready. Which is why we never had a 15 one when we should have Shut had up. We don't need a 15 one. No, yeah. no, no, now we don't. But I think we, we should have had one when it launched because that would have made sense. I mean, how have we not had a 15 crossover? Out of all the shit we I know. <laughs> right? Apparently, Yokai Watch makes more sense than another fucking Final Fantasy game crossover. Uh, but, I don't know why. But the fact that it's crossed it over into The Sims, it's crossed over into Assassin's Creed, it's crossing over into Tomb Raider. Yeah. No, we don't need another Final Fantasy crossover because too cliche? <laughs> I don't know. It you know what it is? Much sense. They 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 couldn't downscale the Noctis uh, uh, character model, and and because re- I mean, let's be honest. You know, for the thirteen event, all they had to do was was upscale Lightning's character model and throw her into the thing. Most of the the enemies that we fight are upscaled eleven or twelve mobs. So yeah. they they can do the same thing with thirteen mobs too. I mean that that's what we were fighting in some of them fates. Frontline con, frontline contenders league lols. Man, we I, need that esport FF. 
Uh, yeah, stop stop trying to think that FF14 is ever going to be oh, an Oh, yeah, sport. Tekken 7 as well. That's right. We had the FF15 to Tekken. Yeah. But see, Not because it's really fun in Tekken. But up. you don't have to uh, you <laughs> wouldn't have to up or down res them for that. I bet yeah. Yeah, I bet you that's what it was. They tried to down res the Noctis model when they put it in and it ended up looking like cloud from FF or uh it ended up looking like uh, uh yeah, what's his name from uh, FF8. You're the best looking Squall. guy in here. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking of. I can't, why can't I think of his fucking name? Squall? Thank you. <laughs> it's stupid that their excuse was that oh, well, 15's not out yet so our dev team hasn't played it yet and we wouldn't want to get the character's personalities wrong. Fuck off. That, that was their excuse for not having a launch crossover with 15. Stop it. You could have yes. even just put like like the armor or this dumb clothes in and people would have ate that. Wanna, exactly. Seriously. For some, I mean, I don't, I don't understand their logic. Instead, they would rather have Yokai watch. Again. You know, you, know. you know the reason that they had that that second yokai watch too, like like the reason it came back at the beginning of the expansion, was because apparently there was something about the sperm mount that the 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 the, the creator of yokai watch, the level five guy, didn't like and wanted to correct it. So instead of just correcting it for the people that already they, had it, they they, 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 they relaunched it. Yeah. Oh boy, the sperm didn't look right, guys. Anyway, uh, so I, I, I think that's the biggest thing that I'm looking for them to signal is, you know, uh, let's stop trying to get people to play this game. And instead, let's focus on the people that are already playing it. And that will bring in people, by the way. And and yeah, that, you know, because at some point, every MMO needs to do that. Right. Like at some point, every like any MMO, especially if it's if it's been on the market as long as FF14 has, has hit its saturation point. 14 is at that point. Oh, it has been. It was well at that. I think it was since since Heaven's Word. I think since. Yeah, I think Stormblood's launch, they should have not according to Yoshi P. But at at some point, every MMO hits its saturation point where nearly every single person that would have been open to giving it a try has either given it a try and moved on or has decided based off of, you know, whatever reviews or whatever that they're not interested in trying it. Anyone who was going to try it on their own. From this point, the only way you're going to get new people is because they want to play with their friends or their friends are trying to get them to play. In which case, you don't need beginner new content. You need reasons for them to stay. Exactly. I yes, hundred and ten percent. It's actually physically impossible to do more than a hundred percent. But I'm uh, but I'm just saying, like that is that is very very true. That you know, for every MMO, you do absolutely need to be able to retain the audience that gets to your end game cap. And if that's the point that you're losing people on, you know, like when I think back to FF11. Most of the people that I know that quit FF11 either quit after a significant time of being 75 or they quit during the grind to 75. Couldn't make it to 75. They couldn't even hack it to 75. You're like, come on, just just get to 75. I promise it gets so much more fun. There's so many more things to do. Yeah. And that first time that you finally got 75, mm, yeah. it's worth it. A- angry Gamer Aaron. You're overwhelmed with the amount of things to do. Absolutely. And that's, but that's what you want. I feel like as an MMO player, that's, that's sort of what you want. 
right? Angry Gamer Aaron, I feel like you guys have said this before Stormblood launched. I did say this before <laughs> Stormblood launched. We've been t- saying this for a shit long time, man. Yeah, like we even said it at Heaven's Ward, and when they didn't, you know, change the formula up, we're like, okay, this is like their first real expansion launch. We'll cut them a little bit of slack. And then when Stormblood was again, like, there's yeah. no excuse for that. There yeah. really is not. And and I I think that that's where they like I think that hopefully Square Enix has realized that they can't do that again that they're not going to be able to pull it off and and that that's that's my thing for what has to change it builds off of what Anira was saying that the formula has to change and it has to be relevant end game like yeah yeah. I mean I I mean I'm I'm finally raiding and stuff in this game and well I I I do like some of the mechanics of the raids that I'm doing like I'm currently on 07s and it's it's interesting to say the least but it's it's still the same formula. I'm just getting so tired of the only end game relevance is the four bosses in a circle room. The other raids are completely face bashy 24 minute. Like it's nothing. Like I feel like we need a variety. Like we'll see what heaven on high is when they say it's hard content for four man. I'm going to not really hold my breath till I see it. But I mean, we need hard four man content, eight man content and like 24 man content for an FC. That's also difficult. Something that's not just duty finder, but like, and all three of those things need to be end game relevant rating progression not just like one once a week in the duty finder where you can sleep through it like that's not they also need uh compelling rewards don't they nika well yeah that's why it all has to be when i say relevant end game i mean it needs to be either horizontal progression or some other kind of relevance to what i'm building my character to be like i mean when i think in 11 like as much as i hated some of the content i did everything i got out of it helped me in the other content yeah. Like, nothing in this, nothing in the raids currently helped me with the other content because you don't you know, need any of it. I think you only raid to raid. And even in Eureka, you, I mean, well, you can pull the gear out. I just feel like your elemental level in Eureka only helps you in Eureka. The that, gear from raiding helps you in raiding. And I feel like there's nothing, there's no crossover between events to make it relevant. If in the launch of the next one, they had four man, eight man, and 24 man, all hard content where the gear from one would help you with another. And you can choose the ones that you like and do those first and then cross over to the other. That would be amazing. I, I mean, that's I'm, a, a good thing for the developers to ask themselves when developing new content and putting a reward in there is that they should ask themselves that if a player does this and completes this, how does this help them outside of here? Because if they're like, Oh, well it doesn't because once you get to 200, that's, that's just the end of it. Then some, something's wrong. Yeah, that's I I, I like compartmentalized. That's the exact word I was looking for. Like it, it's very compartmentalized. Yeah, I mean a lot of it has to do with the the vertical eye level system, and I don't know. I mean an expansion would be a good time to kind of shake that up a little. I don't. They don't have to go like full F of eleven where all all gear is good forever, and then you know that we're doing old. You know, but they need to. I think they need to change the way the eye level system is at least a little. No, I definitely, I definitely, definitely agree. Uh, Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715, LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord. Be like Cloudus Loudus of Hyperion and give us a call. Let us know what Square Enix needs to announce for 5.0 that's going to keep you as a paying customer. Because at the heart of it, that's really what we all are deciding, whether or not this is a cost-benefit analysis that we're doing as people Mm -hmm. on whether or not this becomes worthy of investing our money in i'd like to hear from some people who have actually quit who are no longer paying their sub to call us in and and tell us what what you need to hear out of square enix to to even consider coming back because it first of all if eureka 
hasn't piqued your 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 interest and your curiosity like man it's it's, it's really going to take something yeah even if you uh you know even if you agree with us i mean i know that we try to get people who disagree with us on the show all the time but even if you agree with us we want to hear from you limit break radio on skype 810-515-8715 limitbreakradio.com slash discord now nika is it only about the progression for you or is are there other factors that square enix is going to need to to throw in there um to to really make ff14 moving forward something that's interesting for its incumbent player base i mean that's that's hard to say because a lot of the experience of an mmo is the progression through something with other people and that's why i really hate the 24 mans because i feel like the other people in there don't matter you can queue in there's going to be someone saying the rules but like generally you don't have to communicate you just do whatever like i i the reason i stick with the the actual raids that we have so long even though i you know it's kind of boring is because of the people and because i'm forced to communicate i need to communicate and it keeps me like social and it makes friends like i've been actually doing some pug progression parties for 07s and because it's such a weird fight every single time people get on discord and i've already made friends they're adding me from other servers i've got a bunch of new discord servers with people to, like you know and i feel like this is the first time i felt like i have a reason to talk to people um which is why i like eureka to an extent as well because you're forced to talk to people so i feel like it, the progression to me is very important and I want it to be able to build a solid like community and almost an identity. Like in FF 11 or whatever link shell you were part of was kind of your identity as a player. Like sure, oh, you're yeah. in, you're in that link shell. That's the one that defeated blah, blah, blah. Or that's the one that has all the bots. <clears throat> Exit. <clears throat> but like they, there's so many like w- reasons why you wanted that to be like, you, you took pride in the group that you were in. And I just feel like, I don't unless you're a world firster in this game there's not really any of that no Um, you're right you're right all of that kind of prestige for groups has been reserved for the world firsting races and I think that's part of the reason that I don't care about them at all you know what I mean like I've you know it's just such a narrow field of groups and and players that it's like eh, it's not even really that interesting to follow and it's done and it's usually done within two weeks anyway But the reason why that's so interesting at least to an extent is because it's the only form of competition between players in this game like I mean as much as I hated like sitting around spamming for whatever to hope you claim a mob over another link shell it at least felt like you were in competition against other players to do something. Yeah. And so in this it's it's so much like there, there isn't any competition. Like everything is instanced. Yeah. Everything drops to whoever you get the tokens, you get your gear. The only competition is whoever gets world first. And, and then mean, after it, that it it just doesn't matter anymore. I I mean that's even that's even readily apparent in the FF14 communities, you know, Raggins has said multiple times that, uh, you know, uh, Limit Break Radio is the most dramatic thing about FF14, <laughs> which may be wow. true. Um, <laughs> but but the thing, you know, like that, do you guys remember the amount of threads that used to exist in back in the 11 days about you know this person claimed this and you know like it wasn't fair and they were botting all of the shit i remember all of that kind of drama Oh yeah, someone had posted a thread about me and another girl once. I don't even remember why, but I remember not being able to sleep for like two days because there was some kind of weird drama. It was the weirdest thing. But like there was always something going on in the community and everybody knew about it. And it was not that that's always the best because you don't want to like force people to not sleep because you're posting shit about people. But like there was just a different sense of 
community competition and camaraderie altogether in that game than what exists in this game. Right. And it's and I don't think that that was necessarily unique to the time or place that FF11 existed in either. I think that that is, you know, that that can endemically be true of MMOs across the board. It's just for whatever reason, the structure of FF14 uh, does not lend itself to this. I, I mean, true, but I, I don't think that that is even necessarily FF14's fault. A lot of people actually could contribute the the start of that to World of Warcraft and the Duty Finder shardless uh, um, um, worlds. You know, you know, basically just this idea that, that everyone shares everywhere because then you you don't matchmaking really, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah pretty yeah. much. It's, it's 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 the matchmaking. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, obviously, matchmaking provides a bunch of benefits, but there are also things that that we end up losing as well. So I don't know. It's kind of a double edged sword there. Yeah, I. I but, but, but why can't they just point. design content that? doesn't let you matchmake and instead you have to use your guild and if you don't have a guild then you just don't fucking do the content like that's like i don't understand that's like, why i said if you want to do some... the content you form a guild for the content and you just well it, do it it really has kind of put free companies in link shells in this weird limbo where it's like it's just a chat channel like there's really not mm-hmm. much more of a reason to be a part of a free company or a, or a link shell in ff14 because it doesn't it doesn't really do anything. You could, it, it, I mean, I know people who are in uh, a free, you know, free companies, link shells, and then their raid group is none of those people. It's just, you know, people that they connect with on yeah. Discord every week. You know what I mean? Yeah, Nika, that's why I said there are some benefits and there are some, some you know, downsides to it. You know, say, oh, why don't you just find a group? But you yourself, even in an age where there is matchmaking and you can find people, you know, through various other means, you still can't find people to help fill your raid sometimes. Yeah. So well, imagine, we, might, we might have a group. Yes, where it's going. No, but that's <laughs> the point. That's Nika. That's the point. You might have a group now. Imagine back when when whatever was on your server, that's it. That's what was on your server. And the only way to be able to find people was to shout in a zone in hope that somebody passing through the zone at that time would see your shout and not be a total douchebag and would actually be reliable. So, yeah, it's starting to erode some of the, you know, this idea of like a community within a specific server. But it also brings way other benefits from it. Uh, Francesca Faye in our chat room uh, saying mentor system is really bad when uh, first started. So many mentors began overly nice and then tried to pressure you into ERP with stories of their deep depression. <laughs> what? what server are you on? Balmung. Nika, you've been out. Balmung. I'm just, it's, it's not me. probably Balmung. Oh, of course I want to say I take pride in Sargatanis' uh, mentor chat. Like that, the novice chat on our server is pretty solid most of the time. I won't say 100% of the time, but like we've got a good system going on. I don't know what server Francesca Faye is on. Goblin, apparently. <laughs> Goblin. Okay, I would have I I would have guessed Belmonk, but that's just me. Limit Break Radio on Skype eight one zero five one five eight seven one five limitbreakradio slash discord. Let's go back to our phone lines and uh, talk to Lloyd of Sargentana. What's going on, Lloyd? How's it going, guys? Yeah, I'm all right. What's going on? Um, I just wanted to talk about. No, I'm not going to play Overwatch with you, Lloyd. Fine, Kahlo. Fuck off then. Um, so the oh, reason why sure. I left the game for multiple reasons, a lot of them were in real life reasons. Friends were assholes, stole a lot of shit from me in the game. Uh, main reason was is just the gameplay got stale at like 2.55 for me. Like I did everything wow. all the way up into uh, Binding Coil. 
all by myself, pug it, it out since my group of people were all casual pieces of shit, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> so um, you didn't even play through Heaven's Ward? I played the first little bit of Heaven's Ward and I saw the formula. It was the same shit over and over again, just you're level 60 now. That's it. Wow. And, and yet you still listen the, to our show? That's oh, dedication. I love you guys. Yeah. Aww. You guys are like the best radio show, like the only radio show. Oh, you're really such a groupie. To. Thanks, Lloyd. Appreciate it. But I just don't like with the glamour system, I saw little bits and pieces of what they were going to do with them, like the reward systems. Like we weren't going to get real rewards anymore. It was just my little <laughs> pretty princess dress up. Like what the hell is going on with this game? They're taking all the conventional things from MMOs and turning them on their head for casual people, but they're also taking the veteran things and destroying them and making them casual. And it pretty pretty princess was a solid board game. Damn it. <laughs> oh my god. Nika, stop. It was. And I'm kinda nervous, so I'm sorry if I'm talking kind of so what what has to change then for you to even consider coming back because i assume eureka hasn't even piqued your interest then right it's piqued a little bit of my interest but it's not worth the money to come back and then level my character from like 54 all the way up to 70 to actually do the content that, all like right that's gonna be a slog and <laughs> yeah. i don't have the time for it anymore and I've already seen the content through your guys' streams and other people's streams, and the story's not compelling enough, like Eleven was, to actually bring me in to do it myself. So if it went free to play, would you come back? Probably. If it went, if it became like five bucks a month. That's still like a... (laughs) That's That's a solid meal (laughs) right there. Pretty much. It's still a lot of money to ask for something that, like, all of the amenities that you really want, you already have to pay extra for. Like, right. So you think that if it stays in the same formula, it's not even worth five bucks a month. Oh God, no. See, and, and, and uh, that's the one thing that I kind of wanted to, to point out about my, my experience with ESO is that this was a game that I had forgot was installed on my hard drive. (laughs) And I just, I like, it was like I went to go play a game of PUBG and I accidentally hit the scroll wheel instead of clicking the play button <laughs> and it went up and I was like, oh shit, I forgot I had some of these games. <laughs> and you're like, oh well. <laughs> Wait, why is more why is Elder Scrolls Online installed? I think it was installed from the MMO tour that I that I intended uh, to do. Probably, yeah. And I was like, oh, well, I I'll see what's going on in, in Elder Scrolls Online. And 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 again, the only reason that I was able to do that and just kind of on a whim kind of click in and go in is because it was free because there's no monthly sub because it could stay installed and updated, you know, on my PC. It took 30 seconds to update. Oh, my God, I haven't, dude, I have not updated that game in a long fucking time. A long time. You kind of got me wanting to check out ESO now. At least since January. And there was an entire expansion that needed to be installed. (laughs) And five minutes later, I was playing. You know, like there are some definite, there are definite advantages to having your game be free to access or, you know, at least not come with a monthly fee attached to it. And as more shit moves to the cash shop, it it makes me wonder why 
any of us are paying monthly for this game. And then and that doesn't even get into the $5 a month premium digital fucking phone app. That is the most insane thing that I've ever heard of. So, I, I mean, like, you know, if, if you wanted to take, quote unquote, full advantage of all of FF14's features, you're close to paying 50 bucks a month. And who would want to pay that for a game that delivers on content consistently so poorly as FF14? And I'm not saying that the dungeons that they add are bad. I'm saying that they're carbon copies of the formula that have come before it to Lloyd's point. Well, even even, you know, talking about that 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 idea, um, you know, Yoshi P has recently said that, you know, he looks at Eureka and, and some new content that's coming up as experimental content. So even if it ends up being good, why the- are you waiting till your third fucking expansion <laughs> to start experimenting with goddamn content? The, the idea that I'm paying for something that to them is experimental when I could go into WoW and get a 16 boss raid that is the final like like this is it. Here's everything. It's polished. It's 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 16 bosses. And, and yet I'm in FF14 playing experimental o- Eureka. The only thing that I will kind of give FF14 and their cash shop is, first of all, there's really not a good way to access it while you're in the game. So it doesn't feel as quite as streamlined or hocked in there as other games do it. Um, but the other the other thing is, is that, you know, you could play through the entirety of Final Fantasy 14, never knowing that there was a cash shop and never miss out on a single thing. And I think that that actually does need to be commended that, you know, you've got to you've kind of got to find it or be directed okay. there externally but to get there. They're not, you know, they're not making it the most easy process in the world. Don't give them too much credit because up until a few weeks ago, they didn't have a shopping cart in their store. So I think that is less a a, a, <laughs> a moral choice that they made and more that they're still trying to figure out how to do that. Not saying that it was a moral <laughs> choice. I'm just saying that. It doesn't rub me quite as wrong as the way that other games do in-game purchases. Someone, I mean, or someone from first got the cash shop. He built it as a moral choice. He said he never wanted to pay to he win did. the cash shop. That's and it, right. He it did, didn't start he with did that. State, he did state that from the beginning. And he's, no, you're right. He has held true on that statement. Someone's listening to this show from Square Enix. And they're going to run to Yoshi P. And like, Yoshi, Yoshi, Yoshi. What if we put uh, an NPC that when you click on them, it actually opens up a browser to the cash shop. And he's going to be like, that is an amazing idea. <laughs> in a year, we're going to have that in the game. Usually yes. it's just a menu option, but whatever. Um, but, it, you know, like I, I do think that, you know, there's, there's definitely some things that Square Enix can do to come out to, you know, really bring people back or, or, um, you know, reinterest some people in what's going on. So, uh, Lloyd, with you being at 54, where you last left off in FF14, and assuming that the next expansion is going to increase the cap to 70, let's assume that they're not going to be taking away the monthly subscription price. What content outline do they need to come out with to 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 make you say, oh shit, like that's a, that actually might be worth playing? Well, for one, they need to just drop the whole slash and burn style of developing like their content needs to last longer than three fucking months period and it's sad that like and i I think that's what really caused me to quit the game is i saw from just leaving from a month because i used to be an avid player almost every day that i didn't miss a damn thing 
in that entire month. And then yeah. I waited until the patch. And then right. I did the patch in two days and was done with it. And it's like, I can quit playing now. So when I go to an MMO, I'm there to waste time, basically. I want them to bring me in to do something. Like Eleven did that. I spent way too much time on that game. And it brought me in because it had something I wanted. Not something that it was going to give me in three months, basically. Hmm. If I just waited and paid the money for it, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing would be to make uh, rewards rewards not something to dress up with like dungeons shouldn't have uh swimsuits they shouldn't have things <laughs> like that it should have <laughs> items that actually pertain like well not pertain but actually have stats that progress you through the game instead of just stupid shit to kind of bite you on until you get to the tomes yeah the, the only dungeon gear worth getting is the ones originally as you're leveling through the story because those ones help you for the next dungeon yeah, the next dungeon the next dungeon and once you get to 70 the dungeon gear is just too low a level to matter ever yeah and that doesn't make sense to me because like there should be uh, like in 11 there were certain gears that you had to get at certain levels or you did not progress very well um, like your fucking scorpion harness. You either made it or you fucking bought it. Like you needed it at that level or you weren't decent at your job. Like those little caveats, like something to attain so you can progress through the game better. And it hasn't happened. No, I agree. I, I don't think it has happened at all. And that, I think that's one of the big points of frustration, uh, especially for us as a show and, and as, you know, uh, people who have to come out and, and talk about FF14 for two hours every week. Fans it's, of the Final Fantasy MMO experience. Yeah, absolutely. It gets it gets exhausting. And, and it, and it kind of sucks that, you know, um, it, because I think I think a lot of FF14 players have more attachment to the Final Fantasy brand than they do to Eorzea as a world to in, adventure in. And, well, and what I've seen, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Anyway, no, go um, ahead. Don't you apologize uh, on our fucking show, you pleb? Oh, fuck you, Carlo. Thank you. Um, what I was going to add was, fuck. Now I lost my point, Carlo. Oh, you, you fucking idiot. You'd, dildo <laughs> way to go um but you know uh ff14 um you know i i don't think does enough to really naturally interest the player in what's going on in the world in a you know organic way because again I, and and this is the biggest one of the biggest problems that i've had with ff14 narratively is that it doesn't it 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 always centers Everything that's happening in the world around you, right? Like there's if if something happens in the world, you don't just come across it. You're pointed to it in a narrative capacity, right? Like exactly. There's not just some random tragedy that you come across and you're like, oh shit, what is this? <laughs> it's it's someone in a town has a flag over their head and now they've directed you to a place and now there's the thing that you go see at the place or there's the person that you kill at the place and then you move the fuck on. Compare that to ESO. I'm just walking around i see two wizards dueling 
and it's and they have fucking voiced dialogue against one another and i just come in and i start killing both of them for no reason (laughs) for no reason and i just felt like it was this little moment that i had stumbled on and i was just like oh shit like what's going on here so so you want square enix to give you more opportunities to be a psychopath no it just it (laughs) But like it's NPCs those... randomly changing and doing different things would just make yes. it feel like mm-hmm. you know like that that joke always back from FF11 those like proof rock and Finstoners videos where they're like you know you need to find the auction house you find the Mithra and you turn left like that's always stuck with me as like yeah because that Mithra is always fucking standing there well yeah. you, you, she you, doesn't you, do anything you want to yeah. you want to know what's sad about that too is is the idea of things that just randomly happen out in the world that is essentially the concept of fate but Square Enix and Yoshi P has taken that concept and diluted it down to like it's the barest rawest form that we look at it now and we just vomit and I mean, there's, a, there's a couple fates. If you read the subtext and actually the ones with NPCs, if you read their speech bubbles, some of them are very, very cool, especially that one big achievement fate in, in the as in step where it's like a 10 to 13 step fate when you're following the tribe and doing the thing like that is really fucking cool lore wise. And I just wish that we could just stumble upon that stuff in the world and not be pointed to it like, hey, here's yes. a big glowing purple bubble. There's yes. a thing here. Yeah. And like and if you miss it, you miss it. But if you find it, it's like those little things and like all the NPCs she should be doing that it's daytime it's nighttime sometimes they're in different places not usually like there's there's certain characters like there's a couple npcs in ishgard i know that like you can catch talking at certain times something with the gold saucer they're kind of moving they'll say different things but yeah. like it would be cool if there was events that would happen like extremely rarely or extremely commonly and just like scattered throughout the world so it felt like you know not just the gold saucer was alive but the whole fucking world was alive right well you I, don't I, you don't feel that because i can walk into here and tell you that npc is going to be there and that npc is going to be there and that one's going to be there well, and that's and it, their and life they don't have a life outside of when i talk to them that is their life and it's not like square enix has never done this before remember the cafe that they had made in mordona where you would randomly see godbert and other characters Uh, yeah and that's still yeah that's still there yeah no no, it's still there and uh but i mean like it's little stuff like that that really kind of adds to the world but i mean you know uh, again making it feel larger than just the one player character or just the warrior of light you know like i think that that is a really critical aspect to narrative and i've got to wonder if square enix somewhere along the way has lost the ability to figure out what the story is that they want to tell i i think that that go ahead lee uh, the main uh, the thing that he made me forget was um, it's a nostalgia grab, basically, at this point. All of the events, all of the things that we get to do are all past things that we did in other Final Fantasy games, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's all, yeah, it's all There's referential no to old games. Story. Yeah. It's all referencing something like Final Fantasy VI was Stormblood's uh, raid bullshit, Omega, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Ward referenced uh, Final Fantasy IV. That I that very well, six. Lloyd, could have been the reason that everything's starting to fall apart. It is you know, you look back at A Realm Reborn, and and you know that that was all you know just big original story. You know, there might have been e- what I would refer to as Easter eggs instead of nostalgia grabs sprinkled here and there. But once you get to a point where you're like, oh, let's make this raid from Evilise, and we'll do this raid from you know FF five, and then we can do it from FF six, and you know we should put Doma from the other one in there. Once you start having to shoehorn in all these different things, I think that you start 
to uh, I guess depending on the 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 skill and creativity of your writers, you start to sort of uh, uh, pigeonhole them into stuff and kind of hamstring them, and I think maybe they start to to lose some of the control on there. I don't know because, well, because the, the, I feel like that's the only so right now correlation that I can see between the degradation of the story and the the use of so much nostalgia grabs. I, mean, I don't I don't mind things like Crystal Tower, Doma, and Evil is simply because they are 14's lore. They are not. Well, they did it in a way. Planted. Correct. And, right. I mean, Omega well, bothers like me those. because they are, Omega is literally carbon copy of FF five bosses and FF six bosses, and that there's no lore there. there there's really. no lore, there's no point. They're literally just like other FFs exist as legends in time somewhere, and they are existing now here. And that that is the biggest nostalgia grab. And I mean, as much as we say we know we're going to get Sephiroth in the next one, and I feel like that's just it's just a hawk of patooey, and I don't want to see that anymore. But like when they when they. I, I mean, Ivalice had a little bit of that with like making these characters happen to look just like random, whatever. But like the fact that Ivalice is canon to not only Ivalice lore, but 14's lore. Doma is just in, similar in name only. Um, the, the Crystal Tower has Cloud of Darkness at the end, but otherwise, and like the bosses along the way, but it's not the same Crystal Tower. It's actually right. embedded in Allegan history and all that. Like that. That to me is is a good way to do it. Yeah, but I I feel like you know the core of the Final Fantasy development team would take the elements around Final Fantasy games and mix them up between each iteration of the game better than what they're able to do now, right? Like again, I, I it's it's something surrounding the narrative that Square Enix has really fallen off the map on. And I don't know what it is. Like, I honestly, like, feel like there was a big shift at some point in the company. And on the other side of it, Square Enix has really struggled to come up with a way of telling a a, a meaningful, deep, story on the level that they used to because even uh, even in ff11 the story felt big and meaningful and and filled with depth and it got more complex over time um and and even there you know i would go through really long tracks of time between plot points because i was very bad at that game and i you know it would take me you know, six months to get between COP two, three and five, two or whatever the fuck. And I'd have to be piecing all of this shit together over time. And still that made a bigger impact than what FF 14's narrative is able to do. So it makes me fundamentally question whether or not Square Enix has the ability to tell good stories in video games. I think part of it has to do with the fact that the content, the main content was tied into the storyline too. like, going into the the level synced areas in cop or going into you know you had to do that for the story and then there was also things that branched off of it that you could go into like the higher level tier battles at the end it unlocks you know c or whatever like there were so many things that forced it to be like connected whereas again at 14 is so compartmentalized you just do the msq 
it's completely solo. You do the MSQ and then the MSQ is done and all of the content is 100% separated from the story. Yeah, rem- well, remember, uh, Anika, you mentioned, I think, with the, the monk quest that there are stuff in there that, that should have tied I'm into so Alamigo. I'm so mad about that. And I they every didn't. Every time a post comes up like this on Facebook, I have to like write a page about it because I'm just <laughs> so pissed because Estinian got this in Heaven's Ward. They tied in the Azure Dra- Dragoon thing and he became this character. Like in the the, the, the quest line from 60 to 70, Vitergout reestablishes the Fist of Ralgar. He is a, a driving force of, of reconstructing Alamigo. He is important. The Fist of Ralgar are an important organization. And then you go to fight Lakshmi where there's a representative from every organization in the entire region and he is not there. No. And like that... To me, like, I feel like by this time, it has been two patches later. We can assume that everybody's level 70 because you have to be 70 to get those quests. So I just feel like, why can't we assume that every level 70 quest has happened at this oh. point and just stick him in there? I was going to say, he should be there. Because better yet, the, the, the reason that quests like that work so well is if you went through Heaven's Ward and you had never done the Dragoon quest, that's fine. Like, like the, everything still, still made yeah, sense still to worked. you. Yeah. And then if you happen to do the Dragoon quest, it's just like added bonus stuff. We're like, oh, that's so cool. And, and, they, and they call you the Azure Dragoon. You know, they kind of like reference they have that done you've that, done yeah. it. But like, like as soon as they announced at the fan fest that Stormblood was the monk expansion, I was like, yes, Vitergill gets <laughs> his time to shine. Coming? This is going to be awesome. We're going to get so much monk history. He's going to be a driving force. And then, you know, you get the level 70 quest and he's like, yes, he's doing this. And then he's gone. He's not part of the because story at all. Lisa's is the monk. Yeah. But like, why can't they should be working together? But she saved Alamigo. But who cares? Fuck that. I, I, it, it, it does. It's a huge oversight. I mean, that is really decibel says I'm agreeing with Nika. I feel like I need a bath now. You're welcome. I I, I mean, you know, no, you're you're 100 percent right that, you know, uh, the opportunity that they had with Vitergelt to make him on the level of Astinian without instead they just bring Astinian back and throw him here. Exactly. (laughs) That is that was that was the biggest slap in the face. Oh, my God. Astinian does give us a new character. Vitergelt should have been the Astinian of the expansion. I will forever be salty that he's not. And that's why I've dropped Monk and now I've got Samurai. Now, you know what's going to happen is that fucking what's his face Samurai? I'm so mad right now. I can't even remember the fucking name. What's the fucking Samurai the guy? Big, the big guy, Gosetsu? <laughs> Gosetsu, thank you. That he's, they're going to do something stupid with him too and I'm going to drop Samurai like hat too. I don't know. I'm just so mad that they don't tie in the characters the way that they should and this is dumb. Well, I think, I, I mean, <laughs> I think at least for for Vitergelt, like the the opportunity that they had there was to do some of the same interesting character development that they did with Estinian and not necessarily roll him in with the center of what's going on. You could have a much you could have a much more dynamic view of the conflict that's happening in and for Alamigo through Vitergelt. has like a tie to the royal that used to yes. exist he is yeah. the nephew of the mad king and i feel like there should be some kind of like vita girl doesn't want to be the king of alaminga or whatever but there should be some kind of well neither did john snow something yeah he's basically john snow but there should be like something there that acknowledges like hey this guy exists he's doing this really cool thing he doesn't want to be the king but he is part of this royal bloodline his his new established fist of Ralgar should be an important part of our newly formed nation. Can I can and I be honest? Can I, can I be honest? I feel like 
I feel like Koji Fox is like on sabbatical or something. Yeah, like we've heard nothing about all, it. all of all of these plot holes to me really scream of someone who's kind of taken over uh, a job and is reading a general outline of a plot that it has, has no to execute it. That, in it. Yeah, that that you might know, that know you it, might but not doesn't be know too far off from the truth. That here. doesn't know the 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 strict intricacies around you know exactly how it's supposed to play out or connect with one another because yeah that seems like a huge oversight and we haven't heard anything from koji fox in a while they replaced him with some new uh animal guy name didn't they sam like, sam like or something. i thought it was like like sam crow or yeah something, there you go something. sam crow that sounds right or john crow or something john snow it, well, what, someone, are you, what are you doing? Someone said it, it, the the joke that I remember from the chat room was like, "You know nothing, John Crow," <laughs> and I thought it was kind of funny. It, the but last name was definitely Crow. I do remember that. Yeah. yeah, it's Crow. It is Crow for sure. But yeah, like where uh, do we need to do we need to put out an APB for Koji Fox the missing persons report? Yeah, sent so, someone <laughs> no, someone put his name on or or Photoshop his picture instead of a milk carton and we'll tweet. I'm it around. starting to become concerned, and it's not because he's not you know out and doing press for Square Enix, but just the slide in the ability to tell the yeah. narrative. Where did the fox go? Stop it! <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Uh, Lloyd, uh, we'll, I'm sure we'll hear from you again soon, although apparently not if you're not going to be playing FF14. He's always around. He's one of our biggest groupies. I know he is. He sucks uh, our dick so hard. Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715, limitbreakradio.com slash Discord. If there are any more callers, we're going to get them, uh, get them go, uh, you know, a, a chance to sound off on this topic, but... Uh, uh, I, I I mean, I think that we've laid out some pretty compelling reasons for Square Enix to, you know, re at least reevaluate the structure that they've been doing each of their expansions. Well, I, I think it also illustrates, too, that despite their recent success, I don't even really like using that word, but whatever, with uh, with Eureka and some of the stuff they've spelled out for for the rest of the expansion, it still shows that they honestly have a far far long long way to go to to really turning this game around yeah i mean you know with eureka was a nice step in the right direction but you know and and it's funny because i think that in uh, the you know some of our longer term fans had started to say oh you know look limit break radio is kind of coming around to ff14 okay all right but i want to i want to make sure that you hedge those bets a little bit by knowing like yeah okay eureka was a step in the right direction and yeah we had a lot of positive and complimentary things to say about eureka and yeah we even had a lot of positive and complimentary things to say about the last live (laughs) letter however the stakes are this high that even just having a couple of weeks worth of complimentary things to say about the game does not necessarily indicate that it's pulling anywhere out of the tailspin that it's been in over the past year year and a half yeah did you guys think that we had forgotten i mean that we had forgiven seriously and and uh, again wow reference by the way again again i just want to make sure that everyone is very clear about you know where we where you know where everyone stands in this we you know we've heard from two callers today 
tons of feedback in the chat, but to, in most everyone's opinion that I've seen express it today, that Square Enix definitely needs to do more. They need to deviate from the pattern that they've already established with Heavensward, with Stormblood, with A Realm Reborn, and come at 5.0 with something more, something different. And something that breaks that mold right out of the gate. And they've got to announce it at FanFest. God, we are so nice to Square Enix. Like, honestly, you guys think we're so mean. But after an entire expansion of us saying this next expansion, this is the breaking point. Now we're giving them another one. We we're, are we're, merciful uh, as we're fuck. Gi- we're giving them to FanFest. Still, be clear. that's still way, way more than what we were saying that we were giving them prior. We are merciful as fuck. We are benevolent. Radio P- gods. podcast, radio <laughs> guys and girl. Yeah. I said ladies. I said gods, but that's oh, yeah. Wait, big G or little G? Big G. All right, duh. <laughs> twelve, twelve years, twelve years in the podcast game gets you the big G. God damn it, <laughs> gets you the big G. All right, I'm cool with it. Anyway, guys, uh, thanks yeah. for joining us today. Uh, it's uh, it's been an interesting discussion. Uh, and uh, feel free, you know, our lines are always open. Next week, if you want to call in and add your two cents on the topic, you're always free to, again, Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715, LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord. If anyone wants those numbers to either add their Discord or plug into their friends list or put into your phone, there you go. That's that's the ways that you can get a hold of us. Join us on Sundays starting at 4 p.m. when we go live for Limit Break Radio. It's it's definitely a lot quieter in here without Jux. You know, you you said something really funny. You're, you're like, thank you for joining us for the discussion. I'm like, it, it actually was it a was, discussion. It was a discussion. It wasn't just random tangents. You are not prepared for what, Frumpy? <laughs> you want to for a? Uh, uh, I, I I made a reference that people in the chat got, so he had to make a reference too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but uh, yeah, no. Uh, obviously, Juxta should be back next week. I don't know. I don't even know what what kept him home today. Personal stuff. We'll um, say. And for those that are fans of uh, Checkpoint Radio that heard his debut last week on the show, uh, he's actually going to be joining us again this week for Checkpoint Radio. So if you are among the cult of Juxta, uh, then make sure you tune in. Even if you aren't among the cult of Juxta, make sure that you tune in uh, twitch.tv slash Checkpoint Radio every Wednesday, starting at about 5. We've been going live around 5 for uh, live episodes of Checkpoint Radio. CheckpointRadio.com It is you know, again, to, to to talk about Checkpoint, to reference Checkpoint, it is an extension of everything that we've been doing here in, uh, you know, the nearly 12 years of operation of Limit Break Radio. Um, you know, through your support, you've seen us grow the show quite a bit, taking it from a show that covered Final Fantasy XI that might happen once a month when we could all find time to get together, but now happens every single week because of your support and 
and with the same cast of people that you enjoy, except sometimes without one or two of us. Uh, that's again, we can do that because of your support over at patreon.com slash limit break radio. So if you have a spare couple of bucks that you can uh, that you can give uh, a month, head on over to patreon.com slash limit break radio and uh, give us a little bit of support today. That's going to be it for limit break radio. Guys, stay tuned because coming up next over at twitch.tv slash checkpoint radio, we're going to have the re-air of episode number 64 of checkpoint radio. We'll be sending out a host here in just a second. If you're listening on the podcast, again, make sure to join us on Sundays for episodes of limit break radio. You'll understand what all of the hosting is all about. Uh, But uh, also if you're listening on the podcast, you can check out our full episode of checkpoint radio on demand over at checkpointradio.com or mixcloud.com slash checkpoint radio that's going to be it for us today i want to thank my crew nika kayanian and Kahlo landis my name's nero keep listening Limit Break Radio is a production of LimitBreakRadio.com and Bender Media Productions. This episode was produced by Kyle Landis, Juxtaposition, and Kooky Persona. Final Fantasy XIV and Eorzea are trademarks of Square Enix. Funding for Limit Break Radio is provided by Miri Kennett, Nexian Theta, Hirsch Fursh, and fellow Limit Break Radio listeners. To support Limit Break Radio, visit Patreon.com slash Limit Break Radio. Opening music in this episode from Daniel Lambie. Listen to Man with the Machine Gun and other great tracks at Facebook.com slash Daniel Lambie Metal Gamer. Closing music in this episode provided by Husky by the Geek. Listen to this and other great Final Fantasy XIV and video game rock covers and original music at Facebook.com slash Husky by the Geek. In-game graphics for Limit Break Radio's Twitch stream are provided by Diamond Multimedia. Check out their line of AMD graphics cards and other hardware at DiamondMM.com. Limit Break Radio and its hosts are solely responsible for its content. (laughs) 